Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And now your host, she hates those gender stereotypes, but she loves clothing and fashion. Dr. Grace Lee. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Career Revisionist podcast. And I am glad that you are here right now listening to this episode. And so last time on episode, this was episode 78, I talked about the values. I talked about your values and how they relate to fulfillment in your life and your career. So I wanted to follow up from that. You know, this past couple of days, I had a thought about that episode and the things that I talked about. And of course, the rabbit hole goes really deep in terms of how to how to design a life of fulfillment and inspiration. And I thought that one thing I wanted to talk about was this fear that a lot of people have. And this is kind of a fear that keeps most people stuck in terms of not not making that, taking that leap, not leaving that toxic workplace or not leaving a job they hate that they're miserable in or not starting that business that they've always wanted to start. And one thing that that keeps most people stuck is that they're fearful of making the wrong decision. And I can understand this and I I can truly appreciate this because I was I was there too. I mean, I have, you know, I have transitioned my career multiple times. And with each time I I felt within my soul and within my inner voice telling me that this was not suitable for me, I knew that something had to change. And if I didn't make that change, I'll just continue to have more of what I have now. And it was not something that was inspiring to me. It was not fulfilling to me. And most times it was because I was miserable about the context that I was in, right? So I know the difficulties of, Fear, being fearful of making the wrong decision. But the fact is, making mistakes is part and parcel of being human. And there's nothing wrong with that. Even if those mistakes lead to suffering or lead to failures or things that could be perceived as failures, there's nothing wrong with that. right? Because the fact is, you are going to make mistakes. And the fact is, you are going to come across situations where all the efforts you put into something are going to lead to outcomes that you were unexpected or opposite from what you wanted, right? But that's, that is a feature of the journey. All of those things that could possibly happen are features of the journey. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about why you will choose the wrong career. Just to put that out there, right? Managing your expectations is one of the most important things that you can do for self-management, Right. And self-management means that you're able to have more of an, uh, of, of an emotional uh, intelligence around how to perceive things that come your way, roadblocks and, and, and problems and issues that come your way and how you perceive them and how you manage your emotions around it. Because there's no doubt, no doubt that a career journey or a business or a journey to start your own business is an emotional one. And there's a lot of emotions that are at play when we are playing at that level, when we are wanting to improve our lives, when we are, when we feel that we need to change something now, there are a lot of emotions that come into play. And emotions are most of the time what we can relate to that initiates that need for a change is because we are responding to emotions that we feel so strongly. And sometimes those emotions are positive ones. 
like something that we all of a sudden find ourselves so passionate about that we didn't know before or that we weren't aware of before. And then we, it's so compelling for us to follow that passion. So emotions are positive things. Negative emotions to something are negative because of our values that we have around it, our attitudes, our values, and the way we perceive it. And I talked about that in the previous episode as well. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to the previous episode, episode 78, where I talk about, where I share about values and how emotions arise from the values that we truly have. So today, really what I wanted to focus on was why you will choose the wrong career. Because it's one of those things that we're so afraid might happen to us. Right, Just like marrying the wrong person, it is right up there with the fear of marrying the wrong person. And I'm not saying that because of the fear of marrying, marrying the wrong person, it's what keeps most people single. That's, I can't make that claim. That could be true for some, but I'm not sure if it's true for most. Right, And so it's just as fearful as marrying the wrong person. Choosing the wrong career is just as fearful. And the emotions around it are just as compelling and just as strong as that. But yet there's so many times throughout the course of our entire career path where we feel we've already chosen the, chosen the wrong career. Right? And, I've, and, I've, and I know because I myself, you know, when I was in my PhD, this was like, already close to 10 years of being in academia. You know, it was well between five to 10 years of being in academia. And with that time investment, that money investment and the investment of my energy, there were so many times that I felt like I chose the wrong major or I chose the wrong career path of doing a PhD even. And so throughout our entire career path, there's going to be feelings like, well, did we choose the wrong thing? Did I make the wrong choice years ago or decades ago? But the feeling doesn't necessarily get any less profound, even after we've built our professional reputation, right? And I, I've, and, and I know because I've talked to people, you know, who are in their 40s and their 50s, and they, and it's not as sudden as, oh, you wake up this one morning and then you all of a sudden realize it. Although for some people it might be that way, the experience might seem that way, but over time it's like there are, there have been these cues or these nudges that we feel or these nudges that we see, hear, and perceive that are pointing us towards making a change. And it's usually after many of these nudges, they kind of sum up like compound interest. They kind of compound upon us. And so that's why some, it could seem like an overnight realization or a crisis when that is brought to our attention and we can't ignore it anymore. So it doesn't matter if you've built a professional reputation, if you've had successes in throughout your career, or if you are successful currently and at an advanced stage of your career, the feeling doesn't get any less profound. The feeling of, well, what if I made the wrong career choice? And partly it's because we all have these considerations that we have when we try to choose the right path. And it's a huge array of considerations, a bewildering array of considerations when we try to choose the right path. And we feel most comfortable when we have that sense of security and stability. And also, if we have that confidence knowing that we will do well in that role. And if we have the freedom to enjoy sufficient time outside of work and the satisfaction from meeting expectations from other people and meeting expectations that we have of ourselves, that's when we feel the most comfortable. But all of those things, the checkboxes, if you will, that can be a really tall order, especially because the reality is that there's no business 
out there. There's no market or industry marketplace out there or no job description that's out there that could possibly chuck off all of these boxes and therefore make us feel the most comfortable. It simply does not exist. And if we wanted to search for all that, have all our ducks in a row, look for that that perfect opportunity that chucks off all of our boxes, we're going to be searching for a very long time. And the kicker is that we can't even decide which ones are the most important to us. Right? Is it having security? Is it having stability? Is it having confidence that we're going to do well? Is it having freedom or, or flexibility in our schedule? Is it meeting expectations? But it's hard, it's it's hard even it's hard to even decide which ones are the most important to us. And why is that the case, right? Why is it so difficult? Why is there why is it so bewildering? And maybe it's because we have a not a latent tendency. Right? We have this tendency to let go of the reins when it comes to honoring our dreams. Or maybe it's because we're confused about doing what's right versus doing what we were born to do. Because you don't know the future. Nobody that you could possibly pay money to or ask has a real, true crystal ball to say, yes, if you choose this path, it's going to lead to this and this and this. Nobody has that. And the problem is that before we commit to this particular career path, we rarely dive into our very own essence. We rarely go back into us. We barely ask for the internal guidance on who we are and what is our purpose in this world and what are our values. We rarely do that. All of the decisions that we look we look outside. We look horizontally. Okay, what is the decision? How do I make sure that I choose the wrong career path? What are the strategies to make sure I don't do that? But whenever our inner voice or our spirit calls out for this radical change, we just blame our circumstances and then that's it. You know, but we go often, you know, we seek advice from friends and family, but friends and family don't care enough to do the hard work of enlightening us. And the reason why they don't care is not because they don't care for us or if they don't love us. That's not true. Well-intentioned family and friends will want to see you succeed. They'll want to see you happy. But it doesn't mean that they don't lie to you. And they could lie to you because they want to see you happy, because they don't want to see you hurt. And it's also because they themselves haven't made these radical changes in their own careers or in their own lives. So they're difficult. They're not in a situation or in a place or in a level of self-awareness to tell you that you need to do this for yourself, that you need to do this particular work in improving yourself or that you need to make this shift in your mindset to perceive situations in this particular way. They're not equipped to do so because maybe they haven't done it themselves or they're fearful themselves of choosing the wrong career path. So it's difficult to do it for themselves. How could they do that for other people or for you? So the intention is not to harm you, but that might in the end be an effect that you that could come out of it. So one of the privileges of achieving just enough financial success to live comfortably yet frugally is this sincere impression that you have that, okay, I'm doing good. Thank you. And then therefore what you've created for yourself is a comfort zone because you have just enough financial success and you're living comfortably, but you got to be frugal about it. You know, you can't, you can't overspend. So you got to live frugally and it, and it creates this comfort zone of, okay, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. And the truth is, we are no more self-aware than our friends. 
You know, sometimes we make an effort to understand our emptiness. Why do we feel that way? Why are why does it feel like something's missing? Why am I not happy? Why can't I be happy? Or why can't I be like so and so? We make an effort to understand that. And we can do it by reading self-help books or we look at other people's lives who appear to have it all. Or maybe we might think, oh, it's maybe just need to have more gratitude, count our blessings. And all of this is good. All of this is healthy and it contributes to a sense that we've made a genuine effort. But the thing is, we haven't. Simply reading self-help books, looking at other people's lives, counting our blessings, doing all of that are healthy activities. But does it move the needle in your career? Does it move the needle towards having and designing a life of fulfillment and inspiration? So career ends up resembling a job. Right? You continue on this cycle and a career ends up just as resembling a job, doing the thing to make a living, doing the thing to fulfill financial responsibilities to the family, you know, doing that thing to uphold the reputation that you work so hard to build. You know, and that, that cycle binds us to a future that we cannot seem to feel inspired by and we have carefully avoided exploring it. Right? So why does this happen? Why does all of this happen? Why are we so prone to these things? And how do you break out of it? So when you look at the earliest recorded history of work, people participated in labor. People did labor. They performed in labor that was necessary for survival. And way back then, it was work simply consisted of hunting, gathering, you know, taking care of children, taking care of the elderly, work like that. And that was life's work. That's history. Right? And those were primitive, primitive times. But even in those primitive times, there was still a division of labor. And people would organize their work. Right? So women would be responsible for taking care of children, you know, taking care of the elderly, the work that was in the household, gathering crops for, to feed the family, preparing that. So that was a division of labor. Right? And men would be out there hunting, for example. And or, work was organized, even in primitive times. Right. And they would be organized according to those who showed proficiency in those particular tasks. So men were viewed as being proficient at hunting. So they would be going out there with their peers and with their spears and their guns to, to hunt to provide for their family. So that was kind of like the earliest evidence of getting a job as a result of having qualifications to do that job well. So this was, this was well way back then and since the beginning of time work was created. And that was the foundation. It really sets the tone for the future and even ha- as it is today in some, to some extent, right? To, to some extent, really. So then fast forward a little bit from those, those primitive times, eventually then the food supply became sufficient, right? And then man invented tools and that laid the groundwork to have more complex societies, because back then things were more simple, people lived on farms, people were farming for sustenance, right? And then eventually society progressed, it moves forward, and now we have societies that are more complex. And when you have more complex societies, necessarily you need to have more specialized occupations. For example, occupations in law, medicine, commerce, and defense, Right, you needed that was necess- that was out of necessity. So they they that started to evolve and started to become a reality, and that was the start of a revolutionary change in the nature of work. Right, and so as 
time progressed, then you, you start to see these early civilizations developing in different parts of the globe, right? And each of these civilizations, they had their own class structures, right? Middle class, upper class, you know, lower class. They had these class structures. And these structures were kind of more, back then, they were more like kings and their warriors, you know, having priests, merchants, craftsmen, peasants, and slaves, right? That was in the earlier civilizations. And then time goes on again further, and civilizations become more sophisticated. Towns grow more vigorously. And then the apprenticeship model was born. And if you're not familiar with it, apprenticeship means you have a guild master, and they are passing their craft down to the apprentice. So that's the apprenticeship model. And then, of course, technology starts to advance. And with the advent of technology, the introduction of new technologies, that causes some changes in the economy, right? The economic life. And then they started to have factories being born all around the world. And factories broaden the population of the working class because they needed people to man the factories. So then the working class was born and that was like, a, a, that population became more and more broad as more and more factories were born. So the growth of these factories encouraged and required the growth of large cities. So now you're going from, you know, pockets of farmland, you're going that to societies, and then towns started to develop, and now we have large cities with factories. And of course, next stage was mass production, right? So you have mass production of products that are sold all around the world, and that demanded even further specialization of work. Right, specialization like you would have managers, supervisors, accountants, scientists, engineers, technici technicians, salesmen, you know, and so on, right? So that was specialization. And then, of course, you have the Industrial Revolution. And in that era of the Industrial Revolution, much of the physical labor was gradually removed from work in factories and farms because now they had the machines to do it and didn't need that much manpower. So at that time, work was still regarded as something separate from pleasure. Even during the Industrial Revolution, work was work and that was not pleasure. It was something you needed to do to provide for your family and to be responsible. So ironically, that same dichotomy between work and pleasure, work and play, it persisted even in today's highly industrialized, information-driven society. There's still that persistent view, but it's a viewpoint. It's an attitude that we have in response to work. But if you look at it, the conditions of work have changed significantly compared to the Industrial Revolution and even more significantly to the eras before that. So why did this, why did this perception still exist and it survived beyond that? Right? And so the answer is because of the essence of work. Because what matters in our career is our obedience to our assignment. Everyone has an assignment. It's your purpose. It's your mission. It's the raison d'être, the reason why you were born. Raison d'être is a French word that means your reason for being. And this is the steadfast mission that you are to fulfill with a healthy self-identity and in true alignment with your purpose. So you must be obedient to your assignment. You must obey your assignment. And that's the only way that you can operate at your highest level and contribute to your fullest potential for the rest of your days. It's how we rise to the greatness that we were meant for. 
right? Understanding the essence of work is understanding what it is that you were put here to do. It is, means that you are connected and that you are understanding what is your assignment and that you are reigning over that assignment. But though we believe that we're seeking satisfaction or happiness in career, it's not that simple. Yes, you are to be happy. You are to be satisfied in your career. And that creates the foundation of fulfillment, lifelong fulfillment. But it's not that simple. What we really seek is our true calling. It may feel like I'm just looking for happiness here. I'm just looking to be satisfied in the work that I do. But it's not that simple. Deep down inside, what we're looking for is our true calling. We're looking to find and feel deep fulfillment. The feelings that we know so well in our vivid daydreams, you know, that we know so well in the things that we wished would never end. Things that we've experienced in our lives that we wish would never end, that would continue to the rest of our lives. We know those feelings. That is the feeling of deep fulfillment. And we're familiar with that feeling. We've tasted it in our daydreams. So the fulfillment most of us will have tested in adulthood That was often confused with other more destructive dynamics like the feeling of wanting to hold on to the praise and approval from other people or having to suppress our biggest dreams because of responsibilities or feeling not sure of ourselves. All of these things compound our pursuit of wanting to pursue our true calling and it causes us to suppress those things. So imagine how logical it is then that we should as adults find ourselves rejecting our innermost desires for change, not because they're wrong, but because they're too unreasonable. You know, we find that maybe they're too greedy. Maybe I was too selfish. Maybe it's just unachievable for me, or maybe it's just too risky. How logical is that to say that those are the reasons why I'm not pursuing my biggest dreams, or those are the reasons why I'm unable to rise to the greatness that I was meant for, because it is too selfish or greedy or unachievable is that a logical reason so that's what i'm saying is that we choose the wrong career because we don't associate being fulfilled with being successful we also make mistakes because we're so programmed to aim for security right we are so programmed to aim for that we are told at a very young age to go to school so that we can and do well in school getting good grades so that we can get a good job a safe and secure job Because that is the epitome of success. So we're programmed to aim for security. And what happens is when we're programmed, even into adulthood, we will always act in 100% accordance to our programming. That's our subconscious programming. We're not necessarily aware of it. But the subconscious programming is what drives us. And we don't realize it. But it may not be aligned with what you truly value. It may be values, the shoulds, the oughts, the have-tos that are injected upon us from outside sources and that we adopt as our own, but they're not truly something we align with. So no one can be in an optimal frame of mind to choose one career path when we see that the future is growing more and more uncertain with the state of current economic affairs. We can't be in an optimal state of mind, especially when we're programmed to aim for security. So we have to be completely at peace with the possibility of losing everything we work so hard to gain in order to be appropriately choosing in our career. If that's not true, then we're going to risk loving the guarantee of making money every month, much more than we love the work we spend so much of our lives doing. 
right? So that's why it's important to understand what is the assignment and start to associate being fulfilled with being successful, right? The good news is that it's not over if we find out that we failed to choose the right career. It's not over because failure is a feature of the career journey. Failure is a mark of having human experiences in your life. And human experiences are the creators of your essence. So what do I mean by that? I keep saying essence, right? Essence is the who of, is the makeup of who you are. At the core of you, your essence does not change. Your essence was there all along. Your essence is what people sense when they want to help you. And your essence is what people sense when they want to hire you. When they feel attracted to you when they feel that you have so much to give, when they feel that there's so much potential in you, that's because of your essence. All of us, we are you and me and everyone, you're emanating your essence. But we don't always honor it. So the magic formula, if there is one, is is to create the experiences of life that you desire. You have to create it. You can't wait for them to come to you. You can't apply for them. You can't ask someone to give it to you. You have to create the experiences of life that you desire. Otherwise, if you don't do that, you're going to run the risk of feeling that life is just an existence. It becomes just an existence. It's not to say that you'll never get to the right career, though. It's not to say that you'll never find that career that is your true calling. It doesn't mean that at all. Because with the right understanding and the approach to the principles and the strategies of creating inspiring work, you will. You will find it. You will get to that. But the first thing to do is to acknowledge that there can be no end to our sense of failure or uncertainty. There's no end to that. That is the reality of it. We're going to always be uncertain. And it is a feature of the journey. I can't emphasize that enough because when you want to make a change, when you're trying to do something different, all of that is unknown because you've never done it before. You desire it. You've never done it before. And what happens when you're doing things you've never done before is you're going to have uncertainty. You're going to have a sense that there's failure impending or maybe a sense that you've already failed. But none of this is unusual. And it's also not the grounds for retreating back to the status quo. It's not grounds for that. That just doesn't make sense to retreat back to the status quo. So any decision related to our career and our life, it's merely identifying which particular variety of problems, which particular variety of challenges and pain that we'd most like to sacrifice our comforts for. Because the truth is, if you are wanting to make a, a, a change in your career, move to the next level, you know, you've made the wrong career choice. Okay, you've acknowledged that. Now it's time to make a corrective action. Then you are going to be sacrificing your comfort. You are going to be moving away from the status quo. It's just about choosing, okay, what problems, what challenges and pain that I'm going to do this for. Recognizing that it is a future of the feature of the journey and there's nothing wrong with that. So I hope that this episode will help you in terms of creating an action plan on how to design the life of experience that you desire. Because your experience in life is not just your career. Your life's work is going to fuel that life, that future that you desire for yourself and for your family or those that you care for. So if this was monumental for you, if this was important to you, or if you're a woman that's listening to this and you are feeling that women have very, very unique, you know, challenges in the marketplace, 
This is true. As women, we have unique challenges in the marketplace. You know, we have expectations that we have to be available around the clock, both at work and at home. We have extra responsibilities. Our minds operate differently. You know, we, we think about risk very differently. And yet at the same time, if you're ambitious, you're career driven, you want to have it all. Having it all means a, a career doing life's work that's meaningful to you, that is purposeful to you that earns an income that you feel is, 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 is acceptable for what you want to have in your life and the way you want to provide for your family. Having it all also means having relationships around you that are supportive and meaningful and a higher level of connection to your soul and to your heart that you desire. Having it all means that you are also in a place where you are at peace with, with yourself, that you feel that you are contributing something meaningful into the world and leaving behind a legacy to those you care about or societies or causes that you care about, right? That's having it all. But there are obstructions in the way of that achievement. There are roadblocks in the way. And so if you're interested in learning more about that, if you're a woman and you're interested in learning more about that and how you can overcome those things that are in the way, obstructions that are in the way, and I've identified five particular, very specific obstructions that are in the way of you having it all in your career and in your life. So if that's you and you would like to learn more, I invite you to go to careerrevisionist.com slash have it all. So careerrevisionist.com slash have it all, right? And there I put together a very special training to outline what are those obstructions and how to eliminate each of those, each of those roadblocks in the way and so that you can have it all in your life's work. I'll put, those, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And that is a free on-demand training that you can go to and enjoy there. And as well, if, you, if this content was very, if it resonated with you and if you felt that there was something of value there to be gained, some action plan that you can implement right away, you know, I invite you to share that. Share this podcast, share this episode with people that you care about, people you know that could benefit from it. And also leave me a review leave an honest feedback for me on on Apple iTunes or on Google or on other platforms as well. Leave me a review, drop some questions there as well. And I'd be happy to answer.